This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, Doing It At Home fam, and welcome back. We are back. We're back here, both in the physical (laughs) and podcasting sense. So we have a new episode for you today, and then we are back in our home after our travels, after our family vacation, and we did a tour of Florida, basically. We drove all over that state, and that's where I'm originally from. That's where Matthew and I met, so... It's some familiar stomping grounds. We stopped in Gainesville, Florida for the first leg of the Florida tour and just hung out there for a second, checked out our our old hangout spots down at University of Florida. Go Gators. Any Gator fans out there? Even though we're in Atlanta, Bulldog, Georgia country. Anyway, so we did that for a minute and then we hopped down to South Florida, Fort Lauderdale area more specifically. That's where I was born and raised and that's where some of my family still is. So we got to hang out with family and the weather was just insanely gorgeous. Oh my gosh, it's just, it was so magical. Just oh, I've never experienced back-to-back days like that in all my years living in Florida where it was just breezy and sunny and pleasant as AF. And it was just so, so great. So it was great to see family. And Maya had a blast and we rocked it on the road. We did really well traveling. And of course there were multiple, are we there yet? When are we going to get there? Blah, 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 blah. But we persevered and we finished strong. So We did that portion of the trip down in Fort Lauderdale, and then we crawled back up the East Coast, and we did a couple days at a beach resort over in the Palm Coast area, so kind of near St. Augustine, kind of near Daytona Beach, if anyone's familiar with that area, and that was even more magical. So it was just magic upon magic upon magic of the whole trip. And it was great to just be in the sun, be together, be unplugged. You know, we really put everything down. We stepped away from all of the projects, all of work, all of the technology, and we're just present with one another. And it was so incredible. So 
If you are not planning a vacation of that sort where you're actually physically going and leaving, if you could create some sort of staycation or some sort of situation to just unplug and be together in some way and just put everything down, like shut the brains off. I know that was really really important for us. I was starting to kind of feel some of the effects of of the grind that we were kind of getting into and to just quiet that and it was, yeah, incredible. So we are back. We are refreshed. There's a little bit of a reintegration period going on. So we're kind of slowly easing back into things this week. However, we're very excited to be back. And like I said, to bring you today's new episode. So before I give you the deets on that, just a couple of reminders and heads up. Make sure you're following us on all the necessary platforms. Go to our website, diahpodcast.com, or you can check out the links in the show notes, the description of whatever podcast player you're using, you know, has a description of this episode. And then there's links there for you too, where you can follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, join the private Facebook group, which is 1600 members strong and growing. It's so fantastic to see all of you in there with that support and that love and the resources and really building confidence around home birth and empowerment around home birth. And speaking of that, our product, our process, our next baby that we are birthing for you all over here is coming. So just stay tuned. I've sent out emails about that and we've put messages up on the the interwebs and the social media spheres just that it is coming. So we're just putting the finishing touches on it, making sure that this experience that we are providing you all with is top notch and has everything in it and, and it's going to work the way that we want it. So that's what we're doing on our end. We're tinkering with that and uh, just just hang on, just bear with us and we'll have it for you shortly. So just stay tuned on that. I think that's all of the necessary announcements and you know reach out to us if you have questions if you want to see certain topics or things covered on the show please please do that we love to hear from you you can email us hello at diahpodcast.com and yes and leave reviews too if you feel so inclined we love to read the reviews on apple podcast or whatever player you're using Today, we're chatting with Delena Wilkins, and we're talking about birthing your way, what that looks like, how you come to that vision and understanding of what birthing on your terms feels and looks like for you. And Delena breaks down for us a lot of the elements and experiences that supported her along the way in creating that ideal birth experience. And we specifically go in on her fifth birth and her second home birth. So all of the details that lead up to that and kind of the inspiration and things that influence the decisions. And so I just want to read to you an excerpt from an email that Delena sent us. And I think it just really encapsulates all of this really well. And then we'll hear from Delena herself. So it says, each of my births had been better than the last, and I was determined to keep the streak going. My first two were born in hospitals with epidurals, my third was unmedicated in hospital, and my fourth was born at home. With my fifth, I prepared myself to birth unassisted at home, but ended up utilizing a super hands-off midwife instead. I wanted to be left alone and hardly touched in labor and birth. I wanted the midwife there only to help if necessary, and I wanted to catch my own baby. I wanted to do it all myself. On August 27th, 2020, I did just that. I labored about six hours, sat in my bathtub, and barely pushed it all to birth her. 
Now, this story includes medicated hospital birth, as mentioned there in Delena's history, unmedicated hospital birth, home birth, doula work, relationship with your midwife, the business of being born, medical interventions, water birth, and children being present at your birth. So quick word from our sponsor, and then we will hear Delena's story. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm at the nail salon. I'm at the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Hi, Delena. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, Sarah and Matthew. I'm great. How are you guys? Awesome. We're fantastic. Yeah. We are thrilled to have you here on the podcast, yeah. and we are grateful that you're carving out time. We know you got a full house there, <laughs> so thank you for, <laughs> for finding the time to hang out with us. Yeah, it's an honor for me, too. I, I love you guys from afar, and I'm so excited to be here because I'm appreciative of the work that you do, and I would love to contribute. Oh, yes. That's Yay. Okay. I'm already so excited. <laughs> so can you just give us a little bit of background on you and your family? Sure. So my husband, Jacob, and I, we've been married for 15 years and we have five children. Our oldest is 13, then 11, then eight, then six, and then five months old. So those are my babies. <laughs> um, I used to be a public school teacher for a little while. And then after I was pregnant with my fourth baby, it was time for me to stay home and just mother my children. So that happened and I became a doula in that time, serving the area with birth things. And then we stopped doing doula work in 2018 uh, because I was just called to be at home and to mother and do a little bit of foster care. So that's where we are. What were those transitions like for you going from being the school teacher to mother at home and then again doing doula work and then transitioning once again to oh, yeah. mom at home? Yeah. So even after the birth of my first child, I dreamed and prayed of being home just as a stay-at-home mom taking care of my kids. It broke my heart to leave them with somebody else when I would be at work teaching, mm -hmm. um, paying somebody else to mother my children just broke my heart. So I had been wanting it for a long time, but finally we just took the leap and we did it. And I am so thrilled that we did that because now I homeschool my kiddos and I'm home with them and I'm doing really what I was made to do. Mm -hmm. And that's mo mothering. That's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, that kind of carried into doula work also, mm. because um, if you've ever heard the phrase "mothering the mother," uh, 
I was able to kind of take other moms under my wing and give them the wisdom that I had been given and pass it along. And it's, it's been a beautiful journey so far. Mm-hmm. That sounds beautiful. I mean, what a blessing to be right where you feel you belong. Like you said, you know, your purpose, your, your, your sole purpose. I think that's mm-hmm. so awesome. And yeah. You know, I'm sure there's so many stories. I mean, amongst five <laughs> births, um, we are kind of honing in on your most recent birth of your fifth mm-hmm. child and that being your second home birth. So I'm curious right. just to take a step back for a moment, why and how home birth came into your awareness and was a choice that you made after your third child. Yeah, for sure. So when I was pregnant with my first in 2007, I was young. I just followed, you know, the typical obstetrical journey where I called my doctor when I was pregnant, went to see her, did all of the prenatals, went to the hospital when she said my blood pressure was too high and I was induced and, um, in the hospital for four days because I had a few complications and, kind of took that route just because I didn't know I, how many women say that, right? Like I just didn't know. And so I took those steps, um, did the same thing with my second, with a few more informed choices, but still, um, missing a few things. So with my third, um, while I was pregnant, I knew that I wanted something different. So I started educating myself on birth instead of just trusting everything that other people, including my doctor, would tell me. So reading and watching videos, and I'm sure that your audience has heard a million times something about the business of being born, but that documentary changed my life and Mm -hmm. my brain. And it really got me uh, to think more for myself and to think outside of the box of what's expected for pregnant women in our culture to think and to know. So I started reading, I read Ina May's stuff and I, I just gobbled up everything I could. And I started watching YouTube videos of natural births in the hospital, because at this point I was still planning to birth in the hospital with number three. So I stayed at home when I was laboring as long as I could. And when I got to the hospital, I was fully dilated and able to push him out with no epidural compared to the, uh, the first two forgot to mention that epidural with number one and two, mm. um, which is fine, right? That's something mm-hmm. that works. And, but with number three, I just wanted to do it differently. So after he was born there in the hospital, I'm holding my brand new baby and I turned to the nurse just glowing. And I said, how soon can I go to postpartum? Because I can walk and I, I don't need to wait for the epidural to run out. And she said, oh, well, as soon as we finish this bag of Pitocin. And my heart just sank. Like, wait, what? I didn't even know that you were giving me Pitocin. Just oh, wow. because I had an IV in, I felt a little bit violated, a tiny bit. Even though I'm sure I signed off on that when I checked in and they admitted me in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I just felt like, okay, some, a little piece of it had been taken away from me because I thought I had done it all by myself. And she said, oh, no, no, you did. I didn't start it until after he was born, you know, to help your uterus contract. But I still felt like, but you didn't even tell me. And so now I don't 
even know what was going on. So I just felt a little bit of trust broken there. Mm -hmm. So with number four, I went to the same OB. I really do love my OB still to this day. She was wonderful. But um, I went in when I was like six weeks pregnant. They confirmed the pregnancy. And then they said, okay, now you want to schedule these five upcoming appointments. And I just wanted to puke over it. I was just like, this is not right for me. I, I don't want to do this this way again. So on the way home from that prenatal appointment, I called my friend who I knew had had a home birth. And I said, what can I do? I know I'm barely pregnant, but I want to prep for this. And she said, call my midwife, interview her, see if she's a good fit for you and you can do it. Mm -hmm. So I had another woman in my heart, in my ear telling me, you can do this. It's totally possible and you're going to love it. So I did just what she said, interviewed that midwife and I was able to go through that whole process empowered and I felt safe and I had a beautiful home birth with number four. There were no complications, just a little bit of extra bleeding where she had given me a shot of Pitocin in my leg. And I mean, other than that, it was perfection. It was wonderful. I was with my baby an hour later eating a peanut butter sandwich in my bed. (laughs) So yeah, I just, I loved it. And it was such a great experience. So then with number five, uh, there's an age gap between my number four and my number five baby. Uh, we were doing foster care and there's a limit of how many kids can be in our home. And when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, no way. I don't know how this is happening. Okay. I know how it's happening, right? (laughs) (laughs) but it was very, very unexpected. So honestly, I'm putting this out there being vulnerable. It was a hard time getting used to that pregnancy and accepting in my heart fully. Of course, I love children. I loved being pregnant, but I just was so not expecting it that it, it took me a while to, to not be upset. And that's even hard for me to say right now, because I feel a little bit of guilt in that. Mm. Um, it's a baby, right? Uh, she's a blessing. Sure. And but in that moment, um, it was, it was a hard time. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Cause I know that's landing with someone and with everything that you said, being a blessing, loving your children, loving being a mother, loving being pregnant. And it's a big life change. And you know, when it is something you weren't necessarily expecting, wasn't on the forefront of your awareness, like there's, there's a moment to, you know, kind of like when you're either going too high up in the atmosphere or too low down in the depths of the water, you need to kind of stop and adjust, you know, your oxygen or whatever you're doing to, to integrate and, and level and, you know, reach a sense of homeostasis. And like you said, get to a place of accepting it. So I just as an, another mom and in, in hearing that want to acknowledge and honor your process through that and your uh, permission to feel those things. Mm, thank you. Yeah. And that is exactly what I needed in those moments. So I had other women who really poured into me during that time. I reached out to friends who I really trusted and a few women at my church and people who I know, who I knew would hold me up and support me because when your emotions are all over the place, you need a solid 
landing to hold on to. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll encourage anyone else who's going through that same thing to reach out to someone who you really trust and they, you know, that they love you. Mm -hmm. That's so great that you did that. Yeah. And it it sounds like that's also what you did coming out of, uh, when you got pregnant and you wanted to do home birth to reach out and say, Hey, I know you did a home birth. What, what's my next step? And I have a quick question around, around that. Um, I'm curious about what were the major differences in your preparation between baby number three and baby number four, other than going to the midwife versus the OB? What, what were some of the other major differences in preparation? Um, that's a really good question. I, yeah. So with number three, still going to the OB appointments, but prepping my brain for a hospital birth without any medication was my goal. So I did a lot of reading and watching videos just so that I could get my mind set on what I wanted to happen because I had read that an unmedicated hospital birth can be harder than a home birth because of all of the obstacles and hindrances that you might come in contact with while you're there. So, uh, honestly, I feel like it was easier to prep for my home birth because I had a midwife who came to my home. She did my prenatals there at the house. So my other kids could be there. They could take part in the prenatals. They could hear the baby's heartbeat. They could see her even uh, draw blood from me. So I thought that was cool as an educator. I'm like, come and look, come and see the needle kids. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So really, I just felt more at peace, really prepping for my home birth, uh, just because it felt natural and it felt right. And I was training myself to to trust my body and my baby. And I think also knowing what I had gone through with the unmedicated hospital birth with number three, I kind of knew what to expect, um, what it was going to feel like, how I coped well. So I feel like it was actually easier to Mm. prep for my home birth. Yeah. I I get it. Just based on what you described, I can totally understand that. And particularly feeling like, Uh, So what I was reading into or or listening into was that with pregnancy number three, being in the hospital, knowing that you wanted unmedicated, were you anticipating that they were going to push back on that and they were going to try to get you to take the epidural and get you to do all these things? And was there mental prep around advocating for yourself and and sticking to your plan? A little bit, yeah. But my biggest plan was to labor on my own as long as I could so that when I finally got there, I didn't have much of that pushback. Um, when I got to the hospital and they recognized, Oh, she is indeed in labor. Let's check her in and put her in a bed. Um, they were asking me all these questions like, well, when, when was your last appointment and how many centimeters were you dilated at that appointment? And how long have you been having contractions when they finally believed me, I guess they were like, um, do you think you want to have the epidural? And I said, I don't think so, but I want to know how many centimeters I am now. And that's when they checked me and said, Oh, you're complete. You don't need an epidural. Let's do this thing. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. 
I'd also like to go back for a moment because this is something that's come up recently in our community. I just see this question out there a lot in terms of a great fit with your midwife or, you know, Mm -hmm. how to determine that or what questions to ask them. So I'm just curious, you know, when you reached out to your friend and she said, here's a midwife, you know, see if she's a great fit for you. I'm curious for you specifically what a great fit was and how you kind of determined that. Wow. That is full of so many different components. Mm. To be honest, I only interviewed her Mm -hmm. and it started with feeling like I trusted my friend and I knew that she'd had a home birth experience that she loved. Which is great. So, yeah. So when I jumped on with this midwife, um, I just felt like, you know, our personalities are kind of different, but I feel mostly comfortable with her because uh, when I had those complications with my first birth, I knew that she was prepared to help me if those same complications arose again. Mm-hmm. So I felt like she was very educated. She knew she knew her stuff. She had helped many ba- babies come Earthside. So I just felt confident in her. She was confident in herself. Um, we just we had a good relationship. We laughed and she checked on me. It was motherly. You know, I felt protected. And one of the greatest things was that she would take her time with me. It was very different in contrast to the 15-minute OB appointment. Uh, But she would take her time with me. She would sit down and ask me questions. And she wasn't in a rush to get out the door. We would talk about our cats and funny stories from the past. She wasn't in a big hurry to leave. Mm -hmm. So uh, much of our time was just built on rapport yeah. uh, outside of the typical prenatal assessments she was doing. I think that's great. You know, that human connection that your midwife or your care provider is a person outside of, you know, the hat that they wear when they're palpating mm-hmm. you and, you know, listening for the heartbeat and stuff that they are this person. And, you know, that might be important to someone for someone else, maybe not so much, but I, I like this, this layer and this element that you bring in that that's what was a part of your specific journey and process. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Cool. I'm done throwing curveballs at you. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Cool. Let's actually, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the birth details. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so we're prepping for this fifth birth, second home birth. What did you, did you have any thoughts going in on what you did or didn't want as far as logistics of the experience itself, like who you wanted there or what, what elements or, um, sensation alleviators you were looking to use, things like that? 
Yes. It, so it changed throughout the pregnancy. Uh, it was strange. It was back and forth. And I was just trying to make the best decision for myself and this pregnancy and our family. Um, so because I had gone with a midwife with number four, I just, I called her when I got that positive pregnancy test and I said, I can't believe it. I need you to give me a a write-up for a sonogram so I can confirm this pregnancy and see if there's something else going on. Why would I have this positive pregnancy test? Um, so I went to see her and like I said, we had a great rapport. So she actually just comforted me and told me, you know, I was partially upset because our fostering would have to take a break. And she encouraged me so much in saying, oh my gosh, Delena, you have so many years ahead of you in foster care. This isn't like you're closing a door. You're just Mm -hmm. taking a break. So she really comforted my heart. Um, But anyway, so I went to see her and I just, I knew that I loved my home birth previously. So I was just going to do it the same way again. Uh, But really maybe around five or six months into the pregnancy, I started thinking, you know, I really would like to consider looking into an unassisted home birth, Mm. which means no medical person around. So when women have unassisted births, it's usually just her and her partner, maybe a kid or two and maybe a doula, but sometimes not even a doula. So, um, it's, the, the word that comes to most people's mind when they hear unplanned pregnant, I'm sorry, uh, unassisted pregnancy is risk mm-hmm. that it's scary, that it's dangerous. Sure. Um, so whenever I feel fear or, uh, it, it's usually because I don't understand it. So I wanted to read and learn and again, watch videos. So I did that, um, checked out a few books from the library and really tried to visualize what it would be like if I did birth all by myself. And I just started feeling deep in my heart, like, this is really what I want. I don't want, I love my midwife. I trust her, but I have had a better and better experience with each of my pregnancies and birth that I don't want to, um, I don't want to mess that winning streak up (laughs) basically. Mm -hmm. So I thought, how can I make this better? This would empower me so much if I could do this. And after talking about it with my husband, you know, we thought, okay, let's, let's talk to the midwife. Let's see what she thinks. And we need to come up with an agreement because I had already paid her in full. She was coming to the birth. Uh, but there were a couple of things on my side in this. She has a birth center. And she had moved most of her home births because of COVID to the birth center. And that scared me a lot. I did not want to birth in a birth center. I was pretty stuck on being in my own space. So I am a very uh, non-confrontational person. So it scared me so much to talk to her. But this is a big piece of my learning in this birth is that I can stand up for what I want and I don't need to be so afraid of what people think. And although I don't want to damage our relationship, I really want to be open and honest with her and practice this good, healthy confrontation. And if worse comes to worse, she's upset about it. We break our relationship. I get my money back. Like who knows? Right. Um, so I 
built up the guts and I sat down with her at one of my prenatals. I was probably 20, no, I was in the 30s. So I was probably 32 weeks pregnant, something like that. And I said, hey, tell me what you think about this. I'm wondering if maybe you can just be on call for me. Would you come, you know, if there are any problems that arise and I will just keep tabs on everything. And she said, I feel very uncomfortable with that. I cannot support that. So if you want to proceed with an unassisted birth, we need to part ways uh, professionally. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I really don't want to lose you. I need you in my court. So how about we just do completely hands off? I'll call you when I'm in labor and you really don't do anything unless you need to. Like, I want to catch the baby. I would like to be alone and do most of it myself. So she said, okay, I'm already pretty hands off. So yeah, let's, let's do that. I would love for you to have a birth where there's nothing that goes on, Mm -hmm. uh, complication wise. So let's go for it. So we reached a point of agreeing and coming to a point where we could both keep going in the same direction, uh, with the same expectations. And that alone empowered me because we had worked through it and figured out what worked for both of us. Mm. Mm, Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much props for that. Seriously. (laughs) Did your, did your vision when you were sharing this with your midwife, did you envision her being in the room at all? Or do you envision her like at the other end of the house and you're just totally doing your thing? Uh, either one. I was kind of open to both. I pictured her sitting on my couch, you know, okay. while I'm birthing. But um, if she was in the space, I knew that I would be so focused and in my own world that that wouldn't bother me. Plus, I loved her. She loved me. I wouldn't have really minded. I just didn't want like my blood pressure taken every 30 minutes and yeah. the fetal heart rate and all of that. So I, I told her that if there was anything that I suspected and I wanted her to check, I would ask her. So we agreed upon that. That's so awesome. Yeah. Because similarly to the theme that has come up recently in our community around, you know, what midwife is a good fit or what care provider is a good fit. Another thing that comes up so often I see, whether it's in our Facebook group or emails or messages, is that personality trait or tendency that you mentioned, Delena, of non-confrontational or not running to like rock the boat or, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling uncomfortable, uh, particularly with care providers around expressing your needs, thoughts, or desires. And that if it's going to be anything different from what originally we were shooting for or anything like that. So the fact that you, you know, mentioned standing up for yourself and you had this clarity that you came into it with and you understood what the possibilities and consequences were. I think that's so inspiring. And I know that is shifting something for someone right now who is on the fence about having that conversation about whatever it is, you know, it it may not be the same content as what yours was, but to have those conversations and to stand up for yourself and to just present the possibility, right? And, and, and you said learning for yourself in this experience. I just think that's so, so inspiring. So for any of you out there that this is nudging and, you know, this could be your sign moving you in the direction of having that converse, conversation that you've kind of been dreading. For sure. Mm. It's, I think it's so important to be informed and to make a good choice. And then standing up for that choice and really making it happen. And if it's a 
if it's a no-go on your provider's end, like work through it, come up with a a compromise because it's so important. I, as a doula, I taught families, you're going to remember your birth forever. You will remember it. It will be a forever memory burned into your mind. And it really is part of our responsibility to, to, to take responsibility and, uh, do what we can to make our births ours. I understand there are always things outside of our control, um, but taking responsibility and standing up for sure. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how birth number five kicked off. You know, what were you feeling? What was going on? I had done so much preparation. I was keeping a journal on the computer and typing almost every day, like what was in my mind, what was in my heart, how my body was feeling. And I also kept, I'm such a nerd. I kept a spreadsheet (laughs) of like my daily to do things. So I had like what supplements I needed to take, what stretches I had done and what inversions and all the, all the things. So, um, that was my mental prep. And then the day that I went into labor that morning, I had a chiropractic appointment just for adjusting my sacrum. And she helped me with some round ligament releases because Mm. they were suspecting that baby had turned in a position that wasn't the most optimal, but still good. Um, and I was like right at 40 weeks and one day or something like that. So I had been seeing the chiropractor. It just happened to be on that day. Um, well, my kids had a dentist appointment and I hate my kids going to the dentist. (laughs) It stresses me out a lot. So my husband took the kids to the dentist and I went to the chiropractor and then we met at the dentist's office. And my eight-year-old was having some trouble with some of the work that he was getting done that day. And we had to cancel, we had to leave. So I was so frazzled and stressed and I just wanted to cry all morning. So I told my 11-year-old daughter, I said, watch, I'm going to get home and relax and I'll probably have some contractions because that's what your body does. I'm all about educating her too. (laughs) watch. I'm going to have contractions because this has been a stressful morning and I just want to be on my couch. And sure enough, we pulled into the driveway at about 1245 in the afternoon and I noticed a couple. And so I just took it easy and laid on the couch and they were kind of coming slowly, but consistently And I thought, okay, I'm going to hop on the treadmill and go for a little walk and see if they go away. But they kept coming. So I got a hold of my midwife, who, by the way, she was a little bit nervous. She thought that I might try to birth on my own Mm -hmm. and not tell her about it. Mm -hmm. So that was another conversation that we had to have. Like, I trust you. I want you to trust me. I won't do anything to break that trust. I will let you know. Mm -hmm. So I called her. And I said, you know, they're coming about every three minutes or so, but they're not lasting very long and they're not very intense. She said, okay, keep me posted. So I went throughout the afternoon. My husband came home from work early because he was, you know, being cautious to be with me. And we went for a walk around the block and I was doing the curb walking, you know, uh, one foot on Mm -hmm. the curb and one foot on the street just to kind of wiggle my pelvis a little bit and get baby down. And by the time we got home, my mom called and she said, do you want me to pick up the boys? And my daughter was going to be here with me for the birth, but the boys didn't want to stay. And I said, I don't know. I don't know if it's really time. 
we moms, we do that, which is so funny to me because looking back, I was definitely in labor, but she said, well, let me just come and get them and you can labor on your own. And if it fizzles out, then not a big deal. I'll bring them home in the morning. So told my midwife about that. It was about 7 PM when the midwife said, yeah, I think I'm going to come. I just want to check on you and see how you're doing. So she and her partner came and they got there about 7.30. And I was still thinking, you know, these aren't very intense. This could go on for a few more hours or even into tomorrow. I don't know. She said, well, can I check you? And I said, remember, I don't really want to be touched a whole lot. I don't know if I want a cervical check. And she said, but Delena, if you're at a two, I'm going to go home. When I said, oh, okay, good call. Yeah. All right. Nice point. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go for it. So she did the the check and she said, oh, wow. Excellent. You're at a nine and a half. Okay. Wow. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, no way. Wow. You've got to be kidding me. I couldn't believe it. I was wow. like, no way. Okay, cool. Let's do this. So I had been in and out of the tub a little bit just to see how it helped me. I hadn't had a water birth yet by this time, by the way. So Mm -hmm. I thought I want to try it in the water this time. So, uh, with my husband and my daughter there, she was doing filmography and taking some pictures with just my iPhone. And, um, I was in the water and I felt the baby kind of wiggle and move down. And I didn't really feel the urge to push yet, but sitting in the water for a little while, my midwife's standing back, just watching from the bathroom door, which I so appreciated. Um, (laughs) I felt baby kind of wiggle down and I felt like a little bit of a gush. And I thought, well, is that my water breaking? It didn't feel like a whole lot. The midwife said, well, it could have been part of the water, right? Uh, It can break and then baby's head uh, actually seals in some of the water. So who knows? We don't know. Um, But the midwife said, do you feel the urge to push? I said, not, not yet. And she said, well, can you feel baby's head? And that was the coolest part for me because I hadn't even done that before. So she said, see if you can feel baby's head. Okay, I'm going to do that. So, uh, sure enough, reached in and I felt, uh, the bag of waters kind of bulging there and her little hard head underneath it. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's right there. She's like two inches in. She's going to be born here any minute. And I gave a couple of little pushes and her head came out. And I sat there in the water in my tub and I felt her rotate. I felt her nose turn toward my right thigh. And I told my midwife, I can feel her nose. And she said, well, which side is it on? And I said, it's facing to the right. And just after that moment, the rest of her body came out and I pulled her up to me. Mm. I grabbed her. I checked her cord to see how long it was. It was pretty short. So I kind of held her close uh, and kind of halfway in the water. And looking back at the video, people were just cheering. And my midwife said, oh, you did it. You did it. And that just was the moment of victory for me. Like, Mm. yes, I did. I did do that, didn't I? So we sat in the bathtub for a little while. Um, After the placenta was born, my daughter, my older daughter went with my new daughter to the bed where she, the older daughter cut 
the umbilical cord Mm. while the midwife kind of cleaned me up and got me situated. And again, just another great experience with this midwife in my home with another baby. Mm. And I forgot to mention that um, as she was being born, the midwife asked my husband, so Jacob, are you going to catch the baby or is Lydia going to catch the baby? And my sweet husband stood up for me in that moment. And he said, no, Delena's going to catch the baby. Mm. She wants to do it. And the midwife said, okay, that sounds good. So I, I thanked my husband later too. Like, thank you for advocating for me and for humbling yourself. I know that was probably a little hard for him. And then he let my daughter cut the cord and Mm -hmm. he didn't do it. So he very much understood what I needed and stood up for me. So Mm. Wow. It was wonderful. That. Yeah. It does sound wow. pretty wonderful. It sounds amazing. <laughs> and her name is Shiloh Grace. Mm. And we picked Shiloh because it means peace and tranquility. And we knew that even though she wasn't planned, that she would bring our family peace and tranquility. And grace means unmerited gift. Mm. undeserved gift. So that's exactly what she is. And she's a joy. She's five months old now. So she's reaching that stage where she can smile and interact. And we're just, we're all so happy. My whole family, all the kids are so happy to have her a part of our family. Yeah. Oh, I, I can imagine. I'm thinking of like Lydia being there, being oh, present, so cutting cool. the core, like, because she was ten mm-hmm. at that time, correct? Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. What 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 impact have you seen the birth have on her? Uh, I think okay. So she's a little bit of. Uh, mm, I don't like to use the term strong willed. She's very strong. She's mm-hmm. independent and. She knows what she wants, right? And sometimes we butt heads because of that. Because remember, I'm non-confrontational and I'm very, <laughs> yeah, I'm very gentle and we butt heads sometimes. So I think that it brought us a little closer together. We love each other very much, but I think that she maybe even respects me a little bit more because she's older. She did see number four be born in, in the house too, but she was only four at that mm-hmm. time. So So now with this one, I think I really wanted her to take away from it that women are strong and that we can make decisions for ourselves that are great for our families throughout all of my doula work. I mean, I have tons of books on my bookshelf that have lots of pictures and (laughs) lots of topics that she wants to talk about. So she was pretty primed. She knew what the process was going to be like. She knew kind of what to expect. Uh, but when I go when I go back and watch that video of the birth, I can hear her voice going, oh, mommy, oh, and just her excitement in that moment. So I think that it definitely positively affected her. And I, I very much value that. Mm. That's beautiful. Just yeah. another layer, another element that I know someone right now is, you know, wondering about having their children or child present at the birth and depending on their age, depending on the relationship, all of that is getting something out of that right now. You know, it's helping them to process their own circumstance and make the choice that works best for them. That's why these Mm -hmm. stories are so, so, so important. Uh, 
Delena, thank you so much for being with us, for taking the time. I mean, so many children that, you know, you're just so abundant and they're all running around and stuff. And you just, you know, you made your little space in your little corner to be with us in the midst of all of that and to share some of that with us so that that now is being shared with so many others. It's just really beautiful. We're super grateful to you and your whole family. What you got, Bivens? Delaney, I was just curious if you could leave us with some wisdom that you've gained in, in your experiences to pass on to other moms and dads and birthing people out there? Oh, of course. I mean, what I taught families as a doula and what I try to do in my own life is really research, read. Uh, <laughs> we joke sometimes that um, some people do more research in buying a car than they do having a baby. Oh, yeah. And it's so important to know your choices. Um, even if you believe one way is best, like triple check it because this is important stuff and it will be reflected in, in the birth, not just the outcomes, but your heart towards the outcomes. When you feel empowered, like you did what you could and you've tried your best, um, it you'll be blessed by that. So really just being prepared, watch videos and fill your mind with what it is that you want. Um, side note, when I was preparing for my home births, both times I did not pack a hospital bag because I didn't even want to put my mind in that place of what could happen if I needed to go to the hospital. I thought if I end up in the hospital, I'll probably have bigger problems than not having a bag. So I didn't want to focus on that. So I will encourage families to really put your mind on the thing that you want, set your mind on it, and then make a plan of how you're going to get there and surround yourself with people who will support that plan and that goal for sure. Yes. Powerful. Beautiful. Yes to all of that. That's amazing. Thank you so much again, Delena. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys. Have a great day. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.